Yellow leather, red leather. Yellow leather, red leather. Am I doing it right? Yeah, that's my warm-up exercise that I do to so get ready. Ridiculous warm-up exercise. You gotta get your mouth all loosened up, though. Maybe that's maybe that's why. I mean, I just talk really fast, so nothing I say ever makes sense. You so. notice how like the stereotype of Southerners is that they talk very slow, like "Hey y'all, how y'all doing?" Like that's how they think we talk when yeah. you see the movies. But we talk pretty fast. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Like I think people just assume that we talk slow for some reason because our accents le- lend themselves to a drawl. Yeah, it's definitely there's them. definitely the type, but not everyone talks super slow around here. No, no, no. Uh, but yeah, we're back again. Millennials podcast is episode nine. Uh, I am, uh, as always, uh, Smith. I'm the mind vice, Seth. <laughs> He's gonna get you in the grip. Yep. Uh, Never let go. Never. No. He's gonna squeeze you until you fucking uh, admit your 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 misdeeds, your untruths to the world. All right. Um, let's talk about it. Star Wars, right? Oh my god. Uh, I still not put out that 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 bonus episode. Oh, you haven't? I have not. No. Wow. I'm saving it for next week when I actually probably won't be able to record. Okay. Because you'll because Seth is moving. Yes. You're moving away from here. We're so. going to officially be Illinials East Coast <laughs> because we will be in different places, but still yeah. on the East Coast. I'll be here with the Georgia report, and Seth will be mm. somewhere else with his report. I'll be in uh one of the Carolinas. I'll one let you of guess. The Carolinas, yeah. Uh, I'll give you a hint. It's the best Carolina. Um, South. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've. Uh, it's kind of been. It's kind of been a crazy week, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been. Well, well, Hawaii thought the world almost ended. So, dude, for like five minutes there, I was like, okay, it's popping off. The world's about to end, and all I could think to myself it was just going down. Was like, damn, we never made it. Like our podcast never got big. <laughs> yeah. I was like, fuck. We're not at episode 200 yet. I know, right? I thought it was episode 508 we had to get to was our was our target. Oh, yeah, 508 will break even. I yeah. Think. You think we'll break even on, on what exactly? Just just, just who we are. Who we are? We'll just break even on that. Okay. We'll finally feel like we did something. I mean, 508 is a hell of a damn number. You know that, That's right? That's crazy. We yeah. should start putting out an episode a day if we get there sooner. I mean, yeah, probably. Uh, but, I mean, soon you'll have a lot of more free time. I'll have a lot more free time. We'll be able to... Uh, makes a daily podcast. What do you think? Yeah, I'm about to have more free time. Yeah, right now I'm unemployed. In two weeks, I'll be full time employed. You're only eight to five. Come on, I felt that bad. You don't have any other responsibilities in your life. Hey, neither do I. Come on, not neither one of us do. Which is a thing I think that can really speak to the, to the millennials out there. Uh, the 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 millennial nation understands the fact that. We may be uh, adult in age and have certain responsibilities, but there's a, not a lot going on besides jobs, you know? Like, what else yeah. What else do you really have time to do but work? I mean, not only... I mean, time isn't a big problem for me because I'm pretty good at managing it when I have to. So, I, like, whenever I have a job, I get off work and I, just, I do all the things that make me happy and then I go to sleep and then I go to work again. Um, but the one thing that I think is a lot different with, you know, the millennials or the illennials, if you will, is we are broke... So it's like, like literally earlier this year, I got excited when a girl rejected me for a date because I was like, I get to save that money. I was like, yes, I don't have to spend that. I was like, this is actually going to break the bank if she says yes. So I was just so glad she said no. Yeah. And it's it's a weird state. It's a weird state to live in because most of the people I know, they really don't want to get into like real relationships and they usually either keep dating or they don't ever get engaged or if they get engaged, they don't ever get married. They just stay that way for a while because just, it's really hard. Just use Tinder, all those apps to yeah. hook and then up. They, and then we definitely don't have kids because who, who that, who the hell could afford a kid? I could, I couldn't afford a kid. No. I couldn't even get close to affording a kid, even with, even with the job I'm going to get. 
Um, so that is something that's very interesting uh, about how times have changed over time. Is yeah. it used to be when you hit about twenty three to twenty five, you were you were getting ready to settle down, basically. Like well, think were, about it. Our dad moved out of his mom's house at sixteen. Yep. He got a job building the I sixteen uh, uh, interstate near here. Yep. Um, and that was his that was his thing at sixteen years old. He was out by himself, like doing shit. Yeah. We will we don't have that, you know. No. Not at all. Because there's there's no way in this day and age you can move out at the age of sixteen, or at least it would not be a typical experience for someone. Yeah. It because, would be very very few and far between. Like there's I mean, I've been on the job hunt recently. I I have a job and I'd like a better job. Let me tell you, the pickings out there are slim because I've been looking through jobs and so many of them want like three to five years of experience for an entry level position. The the fucking uh, the irony there. It's the grand paradox we live in right now, and it's it's been talked about for years and years. Is entry level positions want you to have years of experience? How do you get years of experience if you can't get entry level position? Yeah, and it's just put us in this weird you know snake eating its own tail kind of scenario. And there's just no way out of it either. I mean, essentially, the only way you get a job in this in this economy is you know someone who can hook you up with a job, and then you can maybe begin your 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 time of climbing into an entry level position in a different company. Yeah, maybe and becoming close to financially stable. I won't even say financially stable because I don't really know if anybody is in this day and age. I'm not sure if I know a single person in my friend group who is financially stable. Yeah, who isn't like still struggling with like debt all the time. Yeah. And it's I really mean, interesting. Most of them don't have kids. Most of them aren't married. Most of them are like uh, uh, living in sin or they're single and just trying to swing that. Yeah. Live with roommates, probably in an apartment somewhere if they can get one. Apartment prices are insane. Property prices are insane. Yeah. It's the that property prices. They're the biggest scam of all time. Oh, definitely. Nobody should have to. There should not be a cost associated with being alive in America. Yeah. It's in, it's insane. The fact that we have homeless people is crazy. A house, or at least a, a decent place to live, should not cost you any money. There shouldn't there shouldn't be you know like what what if you're born in a super poor family and things kind of break down, you you go homeless real quick because it's you can't how can how are you gonna afford it if you can't if you can't get these jobs? A lot of people who you know they don't they don't even have the money to go to college so they don't they don't have that degree which is the step into getting those jobs that will get you that experience or entry level position they don't have that mm-hmm. so they're i mean they're screwed basically because they can't they can't afford to be alive in America you know what it reminds me of is uh, the Grenfell Tower fire in in London remember that yeah. where it burned down and they were looking for places to put the people who survived and they put them in like, the government put them in these uh, uh, like fancy like uh, luxury apartments across the river uh, that had been empty for like five years, never rented because no one can afford to live there, right? Yeah. So they put them up there, and people got very mad. Like, oh, you're giving them free housing and a nice place to live. Like, yeah, no one was living there. You're not taking it from what, anybody. What monsters? Yeah, that's always what I see. It's like somebody's like, oh, they're buying, they're buying lobster with their EBT card. I'm like, first of all, no, they weren't. Stop lying. Yeah. Second of all, how dare a poor person have something nice in their lives? How how dare they? Yeah. Have any like I always see people who are like, oh, how can they possibly be poor? They play video games, and I'm like, I mean, first of all, if you guys are designed for an entry level sort of like a uh, 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 amount of money, and second of all. You're getting mad because someone is enjoying their life a little bit. Do you want them to live a pointless life of drudgery for nothing? Yeah, it's like uh, uh, that. But that lady who works at, at Google, Justine Tunney, whose idea for for welfare was uh, food stamps should apply, but only for Soylent. Yes, they should only get Soylent. to drink gray, flavorless sludge. 
And that's at that point, it's just like it's this weird, like evil sense of dehumanization where they're turning them into into just like uh, just numbers. Like yeah, you're one or, step away from giving them a jumpsuit. You know, know, almost how we you know treat animals. You know, just, yeah. you just pump them full of whatever food you can put in them, and then set them out. You know, basically. So you're just giving them this soylent, which is gray garbage that literally tastes like between nothing and chalk. You ever seen what the, what the soylent guy does for clothes, by the way? No, I've never seen. I know he does some wacky stuff for everything yeah. in his life. I mean, he lives in a little tiny cube, and he, he doesn't have a TV. He projects all of his stuff onto a wall to, to watch it. And he does not ever wash his clothes. He buys clothes from China that are super cheap, like $4 for a t-shirt. He wears them once or twice, and in between, he puts them in his freezer to keep the smell down. And then he throws them the fuck away. He's he's done with those clothes. He throws them away now. Never washes clothes. Never, uh, never, never, never. He, he invented a toilet because he was tired of having to cook for himself or go out and spend money to eat. He has billions of dollars, and he's he, de- he designed a gray sludge to eat because he didn't want to spend money on actual food. He 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 literally might be a space alien. He he might be. I don't know. I mean, it is interesting because I have I have met people in the past who say that you know they're not really into food. They only they only eat it for sustenance or whatever. And I guess that's kind of what soylent are for. Those people are like, I've met like two of them in my mm-hmm. whole life, and it's insane. I mean, that's not it can't be a huge market. I mean, one day those folks are gonna pull their faces off and reveal their true reptilian forms underneath. So I'm, I'm going to get them the glasses from They Live and I'm yeah. going to be Rowdy Roddy Piper. I wouldn't worry too much about those people. Taking them all out. Are we going to are we going to have a, a fight in the alleyway like 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 me, me a you and 7 Keith minute David? long fight scene yeah. where yeah. we just keep fighting no matter how much injuries you take. I don't care what anyone says. That's the best fight scene in movie history. The raid can go can kiss its own ass. Wow. Uh, uh, they Live's fight scene is incredibly realistic. It's just these two Slightly doughy men beating the shit out of each other okay. in an alleyway. Let's not call it incredibly realistic. It is because by the principle of any movie fight scene is unrealistic. I mean, yeah, in that people don't just get knocked out with one punch like in real life. But I've seen guys go at it for a very long time. But in the same way that like they'll lay there for thirty seconds and then get yeah, up. Yeah, it's, it's more fight. like grappling. Yeah, it's not like I'm gonna throw you through a dumpster into a wall and you're gonna get up and keep fighting me. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've seen people like knock each other down and stuff, but then they'll they'll like just they'll even stand there like leaning against a wall and be like, Ugh, yeah. all right, and then they'll get back to it. It's like it's not this like cool like block block punch kick. Oh yeah. no, it's just like two out of shape men beating the shit out of each other, um, in a, in a dirty alley. Yeah, it's uh, which is a great sight to behold. Uh, by the way, that is a that is a perfect metaphor for what capitalism does to the lower classes: is these two poor people beating the hell out of each other in an alleyway. Uh, for no, for nothing, over no yeah. reason. Well, I guess because Roddy Roddy Piper knows the truth and is trying to, very in a Marxian sense, enlighten his other his other member of the proletariat about the truth, and he they have to fight about it because they're so indoctrinated by capitalism. Yes, it's a fucking great uh, anti-capitalist movie. M- movies are good. <laughs> I'll make a hot take. Movies are good. I see a lot of people who, uh, not a lot of people, but I, I saw this like weird thing. It was like last year, the year before, people tried to claim that uh, They Live was about Jews. They were like, the aliens are oh, Jews. Oh, of course they made that argument. Because they're racist. Like John Carpenter himself was like, no, fuck you. It's not that. They're about, it's about yuppies and, and capitalists. It's not yeah. about that. It's pretty clear from the imagery in that movie what he was going for, but some people want something about something so they make it about something you know oh yeah you can twist anything you want to, yeah. to say whatever you speaking want speaking of this isn't necessarily twisting because i do i do kind of agree with you i want to uh, talk about this your 
your theory about Alien Covenant? Because you just watched this movie recently. Yeah. And you had kind of a theory about it that I, I kind of thought was pretty good. Oh, my theory about what, about what it represents? Yeah. First of all, uh, I don't see what the big deal is Alien Covenant, everyone panning it. I thought it was a pretty good movie. It's a good movie. I, I liked it. it. I didn't have an issue with it. I think that David is a very interesting character, and it was like a stealth origin story for the, for the Xenomorphs. It was all pretty cool. But I had an interesting... Yeah, I think I had an interesting theory about it. Um, it was because the original Xenomorphs we see in, 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 in Prometheus and then again in Covenant are these like pale, albino, kind of like a, a chalky-skinned uh, monsters, right? Yes. And they're very weird. They have a strange posture to them and everything. But but in spoilers for Alien Covenant, I guess if you if you care uh, what happens in the movie is we find out that David, the hey, android from hey, their posture is so inhuman, it got it will get canceled by ABC. So David from from, <laughs> from Prometheus uh, is. <laughs> He's back, and he has been apparently experimenting on this this weird virus in the first movie, trying to create the perfect life form, and he he results in the xenomorphs we see in Alien. Uh, uh, He's created those little eggs and the face huggers and all. Basically, it's like, oh shit, the android was behind it all along. And but the thing is, as you remember from Alien movies and this movie as well, the new creation, the the new the full xenomorph we see, uh, is black in color. And I, I thought that it was an interesting sort of like dynamic that the old aliens are are white and the new ones are black. I guess new technically in, in a chronological sense. So it represented to me this sort of like fear of 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 white replacement of being replaced by by black people. Uh, and I'm not saying this is this is a conscious effort on on, on John on John sure. Ridley Scott's uh, uh, yeah. p- point here. But John Ridley Scott. John Ridley Scott. Yes. Uh, John Ridley Scott Carpenter. Uh, and it was a, it was this thing where like uh, and there's only two black characters in the movie, right? There's the wife of Billy Crudup's character, yes. and there is the uh, the man who is married to uh, the two pilots, I guess, or maybe yes. she's an atmospheric specialist. I don't know what his job is, yeah. but and the the black uh, woman is killed by one of the the proto aliens, the white one. She's mm-hmm. she's destroyed by it which is sort of this in my opinion like a symbol like it symbolizes like the destruction of 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 uh i guess the black race through miscegenation or some shit like yeah. uh the white seed destroys it which is sort of like a, a a reverse take on the the one drop rule and such and later on there's a scene where this is so loaded with psychosexual imagery that it's hard to even understand it the whole movie is loaded with psychosexual oh imagery. i mean it's hr geiger there's all this, this stuff but anyways it's like weird biomechanical but whatever uh uh the 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 the, the black guy and the atmospheric his wife specialist or whatever they're having sex in the shower and the alien sneaks up on them and its tail comes up between their legs and she notices it first and there's just this like incredible imagery of like the fear of penetration like the white fear of black penetration of the flesh in this and then he's killed by its by its second mouth that comes out you know representing sort of a uh, in my opinion a very phallic I mean, it's always phallic but now it's taken on sort of this racial dynamic of the big black dick like coming yeah. out of its mouth uh it's very it's loaded with all kinds, these kinds of images and it's kind of crazy when you think about it for a second how weird that fucking movie is because the and all it's changed is that we, the old aliens were white and the ones we see in the movies are black and it sort of like changes the whole dynamic in a way that I, again i don't think really scott intended it to be this way obviously he wanted to just sort of like dis, like differentiate these proto aliens from the new ones yeah that was all i could think was uh, just the paucity of, of, of black characters in the movie and how it relates to the aliens and their look. So that was my take on yeah. Alien Covenant. Yeah, I like, I like that. You, you shared it a little while ago. I thought it was pretty funny. 
And uh, again, I'm not calling Will Scott a racist or anything. Yeah. I'm just saying that uh, uh, it's a reading you could do. And you see how I've twisted the movie to be what I want it to be. Although in I, will, this way. I will say, Ridley Scott, is a, he's a little racist. How so? Exodus, Gods and Kings. Oh, he made that's right. He made that, didn't and he? And he even said, I'm not going to cast Muhammad, what's his name? Oh, shit. Because nobody's going to see the movie. That's true, so. yeah. He whitewashed the hell out of that movie. Come on, Ridley Scott. Yeah. I'm not saying he's a perfect director. He's made good movies. Do better, man. Um, so let's start talking about, uh, away from our, our controversial views on movies, and let's start talking about the events of the, of, of the day, the events of our time. All right. And you had a story you wanted to, to talk about, uh, about Trump, uh, our, our big dumb president. No, um, our very stable genius <laughs> president. Yeah, uh. About his relationship with uh, uh, a certain bank. You remember what happened here? I mean, it's it, it's almost like there's... I've, sometimes I feel like there's not even reason to go into details of the story because it's pretty easy to... It's, it's not even hard to imagine. Donald Trump is... He's just waiving punishments for these banks that have, you know, committed crimes. And, I mean, it's not surprising at all. He's a big money guy. The bank, and the bank is in... Um, it's in Switzerland? It's, what, uh, it's, the, it's the the Deutsch or Deutsch it's the Bank. Deutsch, yeah, sorry. Uh, which I guess is in the Netherlands, maybe? Yeah. I and, think so. You know, a lot, a lot of wealthy Americans will put their money in overseas bank accounts mm-hmm. because it's a way to get around taxes, which is awesome. You know, this you were you, you were raised up in this country, you know, that provided you with stuff from taxes, and now you decide once you get money, you don't want to even provide anything back, which is just great. You know, it's a, yeah. an incredible thing for you to do with your money. Yeah, this was a story from uh, from IB Times uh, uh, by Dave Sirota, awesome, love David Sirota, and yeah. Josh Keefe, um, about how this bank, the Deutsche Bank, owes Trump 130, uh, what is it, million dollars? Yes. And so he extended this, uh, this waiver for them that was started under the Obama administration, but he's extended it for a lot longer than Obama did. And there are sort of like these, these allegations of corruption, which, I mean, come on. Could our president possibly be corrupt? I th- here's the thing, and this is, a, this is a loosely referencing a tweet by Paula Tompkins. Mm-hmm. If there, are we just supposed to suddenly believe our president is corrupt? Don't you think there'd be some evidence <laughs> leading us to believe this at this point? I mean, it, it this, this, I mean, yeah, this, uh, this, he's basically, it's, I don't know if you, what would you call it? Like a, uh, it's not a bribe. Uh, I guess no. he wants him to pay him back. So he's. He's given them the ability to do that more. Yeah. And they'll probably be more amenable to it. Yeah, he just wants more money because he doesn't already have enough, Yeah, of course. Well, okay. It says right here. And who knows? I mean, and the other thing is, I mean, I don't oh, wait. know. Oh, go ahead. Nope, we have it backwards, actually. Trump owes them $130 million in loans. Mm. Okay. So it, it's more like, since he owes them, they're like, okay, you owe us, so you better do us this solid. Right, yeah. Okay. So, uh, that makes more sense, actually. Who would owe Trump money? Yeah. He owes him money all over the world. So, okay, so, yeah, he owes them $130 million, or it actually says more likely $300 million. <laughs> So, he is basically giving them extra extra time yeah. to pay back their debts it's in exchange like, for not probably not defaulting his account. It's almost like big corporations and banks can just buy out our president for anything yeah they ain't buy him out they're like you owe us so you gotta do this for us yeah it's kind of it's kind of like uh maybe the uh the unrestrained capitalism and letting money concentrate in the hands of private individuals who could then spend that money on uh, political campaigns and, and gifts. then putting a billionaire in, in the presidency which yeah. is 
a bad idea. I mean, the, we 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 got we got to know that one of the first things we have to do when we take back power is Citizens United has got to go. We cannot yeah. let that, that that ruling stand because letting uh, private individuals have free reign to give as much money as they want to to to, corp- to, to political candidates is not going to end well for us. Yeah. It's and it's already not going well for us. Uh, I just can't even understand who was the first person that thought we should be allowed. We should even allow companies to t- to give money to political candidates. A politician who wanted more money, probably so. Yeah, but, and then I mean, he told all of his friends, "Hey, by the way, we can get more money if we let this pass." And they're all like, <laughs> "Cool." I mean, I, I can't argue with you because it's the pursuit of yeah. most people in throughout history has been to have more money or resources or whatever you want. So, but I luckily, mean, in the future that we're trying to create, there would be no. There would be no need for money in a political race. You know, political yeah. races would be entirely based off of ideas, mm-hmm. and you know, you wouldn't have to pay for this rally that you're gonna have, or like pay for a spot or for any ads because that's that will be provided. It'll be provided for you, or right. you'll just be doing it through yourself. Yeah, there's often this question of, okay, you take money out of the equation, how would, how would anyone get their message out to to the people? And I think we can look for this scenario to Britain, who has a very very strict. This is crazy. They have very strict election rules. Of how much time it takes, first of all. You know how in America, like, our election's like a year long or yeah. a year and a half long? In Britain, it's very fucking fast. It's like three months you have, you have time to go through. And they're strict. And they're, they don't fund the people, which was uh, we would do, I think, is we would, we would want to fund candidates for their advertisements or whatever. But there, they have strict rules on how much you can spend. You can't go over this amount of money spending yeah. on cam on like advertisements and stuff. So we need to do that shit because first of all, our elections are way too long. They go on for fucking ever. I felt like the 2016 election started in 2015, like yeah. probably, or maybe even in 2014. It was crazy. And so this is something else we got to talk about. Mm. Speaking of elections starting early. We got a new a new bid in the presidential race for 2020. We do. We, we do. do. Oprah Winfrey mm-hmm. has decided that she may run for president in 2020. And this is, yeah. this is something me and you were talking about the other day. I'd, if this all happens, everything falls into place, and Oprah and Donald Trump are the, the candidates to go forward, I do not see a world where Oprah does not win that vote. No, Oprah will blow Trump out of the fucking water. And here's the thing. I do think that Oprah would be a better president than Donald Trump, but I also don't think she'd be a very good president at all. No. no. But I, I don't I don't think either of them would be good. She would be a she would be PR wise, she would be the biggest improvement you could ever make on any presidential election ever. But as far as policy and just general concern for the populace, mm-hmm. I don't think that's gonna that would change very much. It would just have a much nicer coat of paint on it. Being a better president than Trump between her between Oprah and Trump is like being the fastest snail. No yeah. one gives a shit. Like, like I think even the Republicans would want an Oprah presidency because if she was president, people would be quiet. They would they would shut up and stop paying attention because we have a nice president who comes on TV and reassures us that everything is okay. Which is their problem with Trump is that he says the things they think out loud, and they don't want him to say those things because they're supposed to be secret. Yeah. They are all thinking them, but they don't say them out loud. And I mean, uh, Obama was not even a good president for the Repub- for the Republicans because he was too controversial. He he yeah. caused too much divisiveness. 
Like, Bush was good for them because he was the dumb, boring, regular president. And it's why all the people who were, like, campaigning to get Trump removed from office, great, you got Mike fucking Pence now. Yeah. The, the, uh, a literal sock puppet. Who might as well be fucking Otzi the Iceman brought back from fucking wow. mummification in, in terms of appearance. But also, he's boring as shit, and he looks like a president. So everybody, all these fucking liberals who are riled up over Trump would calm down again and, and, stop, and just stop caring. Yeah. Because I know for sure, and this is, from from my perspective, if the 2016 election had been between Hillary Clinton and Jeb Bush, and Jeb Bush had won, I would be like, fuck, that sucks. But I would definitely not be the radical person I am now. Yeah. I would I, I would have been like, oh, well, it's just politics. This is how it works. You had a Democrat, now we got a Republican. It's the fact that yeah. Trump won against a person who should have, by all rights, won the election that that's what really drove us over the edge. So yeah. we need this this crazy controversial person to keep us going. Yeah. That's actually something that we watched just recently. Dave Chappelle said like near, near the end of his first new Netflix special was that he's like, you know, it's kind of good that Trump is in office because mo- hopefully he'll be the straw that breaks the camel's back yeah. and we will finally be able to in some way unify as a people and work towards a better future. Yeah. And I thought that was a pretty cool pretty cool message to have there at the end. But yeah, Oprah is, I mean, Oprah is a better business person than Trump. She's smarter than Trump, obviously. She'd be more comforting than Trump. Would she be a good president? No. no. I would not want her to be president. And people always throw around these accusations of like, oh, well, you're racist because you, you wouldn't want a black woman to be president. Motherfucker, I voted for Obama two times. Yep. And I mean, I never felt bad about it then. I do kind of now, but it's not because of his race. It's because he accomplished basically nothing but- as president. Sure, but would any of his alternatives have achieved more? No, God no. Of exactly. Not. So it's not like there was a better choice out was there. A safety vote, There's, right? It, we live in a world of safety votes right but, now. Yeah. What sucks is the fact that our best options are half measures at best. You know, even even when it's like between, you know, of course, it was between uh, Obama and McCain. I'd rather have Obama as president yeah. than McCain, but it still fucking sucks. Those were our two options. Those are who we have to choose between. Yeah, and it's with Trump being president for, I mean, it's almost a year now that since he's been inaugurated, we've found out how easy it is to move backwards, and how and from the eight years of Obama, how hard it is to move forwards. Like yeah. in eight years of Obama, we didn't even end up getting universal health care in the way that he first envisioned it, and now with Trump, we've already like rolled back so many things that are just just putting our country in a terrible spot. Yeah, it, it, it sucks because um, we made very little progress under Obama, and we're now being rolled back very fast. It was like it's like a one step forward, two steps backwards yeah. scenario. And, that's, and that was in, and that's in. It was one step in eight years, and we've gone two steps back in one year. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, what even were the biggest accomplishments of twenty eighteen to to twenty six or twenty eight two thousand eight two thousand sixteen? Probably. I mean, gay marriage, that was the Supreme Court. That wasn't even a, yeah. a presidential thing. That wasn't even, go- that wasn't even like, legislative. The thing, I mean, once again, the thing he tried for eight years is universal health care. And it, first of all, it wasn't, it, it, first of all, it's not the vision of universal health care that we need in the first place. Yeah. And it was just panned for so long that, I mean, of course, the Republicans are going to, their health care bill is going to be awesome, of course. It's yeah. going to save everybody all the money. And we're all going to be billionaires. I mean, they, they, they let the pharmaceutical companies write the fucking bill. Then they caved to every Republican demand on the fucking thing. And what we got was just a piece of shit. It's not even a half yeah. measure. Obamacare sucks. It helps some people. I'm not telling. I'm not saying that it's a bad law. I'm saying, though, that... Again, we come to the problem of it was the best option of yeah. bad options, and but that that sucks. Like, why should we have to settle 
for for less? Why should we have to to, to, to compromise with these literal like subhuman monsters that are running our country? Yeah, like, we shouldn't have to. Yeah. So another one of those things, healthcare especially, is it's it's still insane to me that America doesn't have free healthcare for all because it's one of those things that goes goes again as there is a cost attributed to just being alive in America. Because if you're a super poor person and you can't afford assurance or you're a homeless person and let's say you have pancreatic cancer just as a, a kind of extreme measure, you die. There mm-hmm. is literally no – either you die or you go – without insurance, I'd say probably a couple, maybe a million dollars in debt overall from all the treatments you would take and you'd never be able to pay that back and no one would ever give you that much credit anyway if you're yeah. homeless or poor. So you're dead. You're, yeah. you're absolutely dead. Well, There's nothing you can do about it. Well, the thing is, people always say, they're like, oh, well, no, because they have all these rules that say that they can't let you die or whatever. They had to save you. Like, yeah, they'll save you and then hand you a bill. And so, great, now you're alive and you're in debt. And you can't pay your debts, where are you going to end up probably? In fucking prison after a while. Yeah. So, great, you're alive now, but you're in prison. And what kind of life is that? Yeah. In the American military industrial comp... Or, wait, hold on. But roll back. The American prison industrial complex. Not that they're that much different. No, not really at all. Uh, okay, so we, we're, we're, we've, we've talked about uh, we've talked about the, yeah, a bunch whatever. of stuff. Let's let's get on to something else. Let's get on to something that you want to talk about first of all. All right. Which is you last week you told us you were going to talk to us a little bit about uh, uh, the League of Legends Players Union. Is that what it's called? Yes. Uh, what's going on with that? All right. So um, just for some background, League of Legends is a video game, and it's one of the biggest esports um, in the nation or in the whole world, actually. And it's been, we're in the eighth season now, so it's been going on for about eight years. And um, this past year, um, throughout the end of 2017, a lot of new ch- like changes came in for the league. Um, one being that it's franchise, which means that instead of having a promotion thing, the same 10 teams will be in there just kind of like the, the NBA. You know, you always see the same, however many NBA teams there are. And another big change was that salaries went up and that there's a players' union now. So all the players who are in the LCS are part of a union um, that the the owners of the teams are not a part of, um, but players and I believe coaches can also be a part of it. Um, and it's just to, you know, kind of negoti- negotiate better for each other and to, um, you know, like any kind of union. It's just to help the players out and uh, give them a voice for whatever they need. Luckily, right now... A lot of the bigger esports organizations are in a really good place where they have really good management and not a lot of players have complaints. And then the really bad ones, there's a lot of complaints. And I can get into that some other time. But so recently, there last week, this um, story came out about a player named um, Selfie. He was a, he's a European player who's in America and he was going to play on my favorite team. He was going to play on Cloud9's um, academy team, which is basically like their second string who uh, play against other uh, second string teams. And he was going to play for them, but then. Um, Cloud9 was able to pick up a better player, and they, they only had his contract as part of a buyout from another organization. So they were they helped him shop it around. He didn't end up finding a team because he was he was too late. And for a while, it was a big controversy because people were like, uh, you know, oh, Cloud9 didn't help him out. Their ownership is bad. And they were like, people were really mad because the players' union wasn't talking about it. Um, and that's the one thing is we haven't heard a whole lot from the players' union yet because there haven't been hasn't been anything big. Um, it, in the end, it turned out that the cloud on like he the, the guy selfie came out and was like oh by the way cloud on helped me out a lot they they really did they helped me shop around i couldn't get a place it's it's not their fault at all so it was a bunch it was a bunch of controversy for nothing in the end um but on the subject of the players union um this week this week there was an, an article um uh, from the, the players tribune correct mm-hmm. yeah and um double lift one of the most popular um 
players in the LCS was mentioned in the article about... He was cut from Team Solo mid. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because he was cut from TSM. Um, and he didn't even find out about it. And he was like, it says he's browsing Reddit when he found out. Um, which he didn't even know. And I mean, he's one of the most sought after players, so it wasn't a big deal for him anyway. But in response to this tweet about it was about how the the players union would help these kind of things go away. Uh, political and sports pundit Keith Olbermann mm-hmm. says. Three years in, that's awfully early to have jumped the shark by publishing pieces by snotty rando kids playing children's games. And unsurprisingly, he was met with a lot of a lot of hatred and a lot of um, fire and fury, if you will. Yeah. Um, and Keith Olbermann's an idiot. Yeah. I mean, I, I once saw a great description of him is that Keith Olbermann is a guy who was a sports analyst until he realized he knew nothing about sports. And now he's a political analyst and knows nothing about politics. Yeah. And he, this is kind of his thing. He goes on Twitter and he'll just, he'll literally find random stuff like something about the player tribune about a player in esports, and he will tweet something toxic about it just to get more people to listen to him. Just because he's like, oh, maybe if I throw this out there, someone will agree with me. And uh, the the owner of Riot Games, who creates who created League of Legends, um, they came back at him with with some pretty good memes and stuff. Mm-hmm. So he's been memed pretty hard. Um, I remember but, Keith Olbermann being a guy who back during the Bush years was like the guy who was like, fuck Bush. Like he was the guy to say it. Like, yeah, yeah. fuck Bush. He was, he was like a cool guy at one yeah. point. And he was, he was all like, uh, uh, supposed to be like this guy that you could be like, yeah, fucking Keith Olbermann, he'll give it to you. And now in the Trump era, he's just like limp. Yeah, like he's, he's he's stale, he's white bread, It's he's like nothing. He was interesting, I guess, during the Bush years because he would say things no one else would say, and now the president is the one who will say the things no one else will say. So he's just kind of like flailing around looking for a place to be. I mean, I remember a while back he was like, yeah, I'm tired from politics, I don't talk about it anymore. And like two days later he was back talking about politics. Yeah. Of course he was. Like, these people can't resist the, the, the fucking like attention. They gotta have it. Yeah. Um, the here at the at the Illenials podcast, you gotta understand, we are uh, we're pro esports. Yeah, obviously. we're esports forward. It took me a um, while to come around to esports. I used to did. not be a fan. He used to be very against them. Yeah, and then I started watching it, and I was like, okay, I can see the appeal here. Yeah, and Keith Olbermann is just part of this this current wave of people who are old and have watched traditional sports for their whole lives and believe that just because they've watched this and they've all withstand for 70 you know 50 something 50 70 years that those those are the sports there's, there's nothing else can be sourced besides those and the it used to be a really big crowd and it's it's getting smaller and smaller because i mean big nba teams own lcs teams now the cleveland cavaliers the houston rockets and the golden state warriors uh the 76ers or the magic or and um the Bucks, they all own either own LCS teams or are partial investors in LCS teams, mm-hmm. um, and also own you know teams for other esports as well. And well, what's the cost of owning one of these teams? Just for the people who don't know, two years ago, uh, a spot in the LCS. This isn't including you having to play your play, pay your players or any of that kind of stuff. A spot was a million dollars, and the most recent when they started franchising, it was twenty million dollars. That's in two years, the price has gone up twenty times. Mm-hmm. Um, the most recent Overwatch League that just started the buy-in was $25 million. Yeah. So, I mean, these things, they, they cost big money, and it's actually kind of surprising. You can watch interviews with these guys, these owners who, a lot of these esports owners were literally guys who played the game like five years ago in their in their basement and built a team and then got it got it to the top. And it was, like, I saw an interview one time, they were like, okay, so you guys need like $20 million in funding for this buyout. Uh, is that going to be hard? And they were like, no, I can do that overnight, I promise. 
And it's 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 insane. There's a lot of money out there. I know yeah. Team Solo mid that the one we were just discussing for Double Lift. They just took a twenty five million dollar investment for a minority share in their company. Wow. Yes. So I mean that should that should kind of tell you how big these things are getting. It's I mean it's serious is what it is. People, yeah. people think that because it's like uh, video games or whatever that's not. It's just like a like it's children's games. Yeah. But it's I mean it's, if they're fucking investing twenty million dollars in it, I would not call that an unserious yeah. uh, thing to do. Who's giving Keith Olbermann twenty million dollars? Right. For well, a minority but, but, share. But here's the thing though, is that in the world we'd like to build in the socialist future for uh for America, there would world, only be esports. Well, there'd be all kinds of sports, but yes. esports uh would be legitimate and recognized, and it would be a thing you could just do. Like it yes. wouldn't have to be a thing that you had to invest less money yeah. in, and you wouldn't have to like. Go quit college, all that kind of stuff, because you you could go to college whenever you wanted. College wouldn't be an issue. You could right. you could go when you're sixty; it would cost you the same amount. Because because one thing I've seen, one valid, in my opinion, concern about esports is that it, unlike traditional sports, it well even then traditional sports don't always do this, but it's harder to guarantee that you'll have some sort of longer lasting career because no matter what sport you do, it uses up your body. Like yes. you're going, you, your youth will give out, your your abilities will fade. And you eventually can't play the sport anymore. And other sports have ways to channel you into being like a TV personality, or you work on a team as like a coach or a manager of some of some respect. But in esports, it's a bit harder because it doesn't have the same you know level of penetration and yeah. also like like a uh, uh, the foundation. Yeah, it's it not has. as big. It's not. There's only a couple of collegiate teams. I, th- I mean, one of the big things for esports going forward would be once it's more at the collegiate level, mm-hmm. because then you could have. You know, entire field like fielded rosters from players who've been playing as a team for a while. Because that's the hardest thing these days to find is because like right now you just have to pick some kid off of the solo queue ladder and be like, hey, I think you might be good for my team, and you don't even know if they're going to be any good in a team environment, if they're going to be good on stage. So it's going to be good to get that kind of experience, and then from there you can build something like a draft, which right I mean right now especially in LCS contracts is literally just oh you have a a two week period in the year where you're a free agent or you can resign your contract and you're just scrounging trying to find offers and so that the, the draft will help a lot of stuff is going to help esports move forward um and then people like Keith Olbermann are going to have to eat their words well because one thing I've always heard is that it, it, you play esports and you sacrifice the years of your life you could be in college you that's know, true getting education it's very true but also I mean even like a bottom tier LCS team and you're like the bottom rung player on it you could make up to seventy five thousand dollars a year just playing this game. So yeah. if you could, if you can maintain being in the LCS for two to three years, I mean, you'll have a good bit of savings because a lot of them even pay they'll pay like, they pay for your housing as well, and you mm-hmm. still get seventy five thousand dollars. And this uh, the, all the studios are in L A, so living is very expensive. Right. Yeah. And you don't have, you don't have to pay for that. Um, but and also one thing we've learned about we've learned recently is that having a college degree is about as useful as having a piece of paper that says hi. That's true. Please give me a job. Yeah. It doesn't really do much. So missing that out might not be the worst thing in the world. If yeah. You can make some money. I mean, hell, you, you can. Money. If you could make enough savings to either just live off, you know, because a lot of these players, like a lot of players, are investors now, or owners now, are actually kind of help their players invest money as well, like invest in, into their future so that they won't maybe not have to even deal with that. Yeah. A lot of them also like to stream and get money from their fans and so that, which is also a very, very viable uh, revenue source. So it's, it's really interesting going forward. Um, I do think in the very beginning where, especially like, I mean, it's been eight years for LCS. It's still, I would say in the beginning, um, a lot of people who don't have that big career and do fall off are going to have a hard time. They're, they're either going to use their money to go to college or just do something else. They're not going to be, not a lot of them are going to be able to transition into other careers within esports because mm-hmm. they're not big yet. But once it does get to that point, it'll be, I think it'll be a lot more popular and uh, it'll be a lot easier to build your future off of it. So. Think about this. How many, like, 
NFL players end up being like a car salesman later on in life, true. you know, because they don't they, they never made it big, you know, or they, they didn't stay in the league long enough to become a, have a, a real long lasting career. Yeah. Because think about how many football players you even know that are big and famous people compared to how many there actually are. Yeah. Not everyone can make that sort of like a, that long lasting uh, career out of it. So yeah. esports aren't necessarily special in that respect. They just have less opportunities, but maybe one day. Yeah. But speaking of jobs yes. that have a shitty uh, career outlook, uh, Walmart said that in response to the tax bill, they're going to raise their starting uh, wage to $11 an hour. They're going to uh, give some employees bonuses and also, I think, like a paid maternity leave, which that's probably the one good thing they're doing is the paid maternity leave. That's one thing we could actually use. But let's talk about these bonuses for a second. Okay. You ever read about these bonuses? Not everyone. Uh, the bonuses depend on how long you've been with the company. So most employees of Walmart who have been there for one to two years will receive uh, basically nothing, like a $100 bonus. Yeah. Great. Thank you for $100. No, no, you're wrong. Every little bit counts. Yeah. But is it worthwhile to, to, to publish that as if it's some kind of crazy good news? It's not. Even without the tax bill, they could have given their employees $100 no matter what. But then the the um, the pay of these bonuses tops out at $1,000. Do you want to guess how long you have to be at Walmart to get $1,000? 15 years. 20 years. Holy shit. Now, Walmart regularly fires people for no reason, or will they, yeah. they make up reasons two to three years into their into their uh, uh, working schedule because because at a certain point during federal law, you start giving people raises at that point. You yeah. have to give them a guarantee. Like, I think it's like a 5% raise after a certain number of years they've been at the company. What a, so, what a great company. I know, right? right? So they fire people, and then they'll rehire them one week later, but it's it's reset. Yeah, it starts over here. They're, they're clocks, so they're, they're back down to making seven twenty five an hour or whatever with no chance of a raise. So if you made it 20, 20 years at Walmart and it's your $1,000 raise, I mean, congratulations. Yeah. You've, you've been super fucked by this company. I mean, and here's the thing. I mean, Walmart isn't a good company. I mean, obviously, no. it is still good that they're doing that. I mean, it's, it, I mean $11 is better than seven twenty five. I mean, that's... It's entirely true. Maternity leave is great, and any kind of bonus is good. How good it is is kind of the issue. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, no, raising it to 11 is bad. They should just keep it where it is. Yeah. I mean, but still, I mean, they're, they're, a, very, they're a very evil company. They've done a lot, including, they even have, I mean, they, they literally use slave labor uh, mm-hmm. to build some of their super centers, and no one even, uh, you know, whatever, rush it off. They, you know, they use slavery in, like, 2015. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're not a good company. I mean, of course, I mean, this, I guess this is a step forward for them. It's they're doing something which is better than some companies that do nothing. But yeah, it's just it's so hard to root for Walmart. You know, it's really hard to be like, oh, this is actually a good thing they did. I mean, I'm I'm glad that Walmart and Amazon exist because they've gone ahead and done the hard work to create the infrastructure that we're gonna one day gonna have to nationalize. Yep. So once we take them over and take all their shit and make them part of the government. It'll be good that they went ahead and built it. It sucks that the, the method they used to build it was slave labor and uh, low wages and keeping people in, in uh, a, a welfare uh, uh, sort of like situation, and that sucks. But you know what? It will take them over, make it all make it all ours. Yes. This actually reminds me of a thing I saw. I don't really have a link to it right now, but it was a story from Reddit that someone posted about how they were shopping. At a, uh, this was in like I think near Silicon Valley. They were shopping for groceries and they used their uh, their EBT card 
to get um, some uh, some food. And the CEO of the company that worked at was in line as well and chastised them for using uh, uh, welfare to get stuff. They were like, you work for us. That's bad, that reflects bad on our company that you're using welfare. And they were like, I mean, but I need it to live. And apparently this guy was then, then told them they could no longer use their EBT card to get food. And the person said, I only get $75 a, a week in EBT money. If you pay me $75 more a week, I could I could not have to use it anymore. And the CEO told them no. Um, to give you an example of the kind of like, like the sociopathic tendencies yeah. these people have. And the funniest thing was, I remember, if I remember from the story correctly, it's like, it was like a startup. It wasn't a huge company No, yet. it was a startup. So this guy was like... He he was already he's a startup CEO, which mm. is like saying um, <laughs> it's like saying you know the the a horse basis. <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I, I, I had an analogy in my head and it fell apart. Yeah. He's a a racehorse that nobody cares about. Right. And he's the guy that comes in uh, seventh at the uh, Kentucky Derby. Yeah, exactly. No one gives a shit about you. And he's getting on his employee for using fucking food stamps, which. I mean, why not? I mean, if you can, if you if you qualify for them, that's your business, you know. Apparently, it was a uh, it was um like an eleven person company. And this person was like the receptionist. They were the front desk person. So of course, they're not paid like engineers yeah. are because their 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 labor is undervalued. Because people who do administrative work, people who do secretarial work, are not seen as being equal to other people in the company who do work as well. Even though you need them to function, they're not compensated as well as everybody else. Like it's like it's like janitors get paid a uh, 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 very low wage. You tell me how valuable a janitor's job is who cleans the fucking place where you shit every yeah, day. Fire all janitors for a week and see if you want to go anywhere. I mean, janitors, no, give them paid vacation. Janitors are uh, basically heroes. They're like sanitation workers, garbage men. Uh, those motherfuckers are vital to our everyday life. Yeah. And without them, we'd be totally screwed. And, and the fact that they get compensated so low for what they considered unskilled labor, yeah, it may be, it doesn't maybe not require a degree to move garbage around, but let me see you go do it then. Yeah. You know? It's like these people who complain about immigrants coming to our country and they're taking our jobs. Let me go see you pick onions and Vidalia for fucking 12 hours a day in the blazing hot sun while some literal modern day taskmaster watches over you with a whip. Like, no, you're not going to do that. Yeah. It's, it's not... We've For years we've criticized the whole they're taking our jobs movement because it's ridiculous. Mm. No, Nobody wants those jobs. You know, no one wants to be the dishwash. Nobody wants to work in a field for... I mean... Because if it, you can, you can basically you pay them. Le- you can pay them less than minimum wage, mm-hmm. and that's the thing is people people keep saying, "Oh, let's uh, let's get immigrants out and we'll work in the fields." Yeah, but if you're if you're an American working in the field and you're a citizen, you're gonna expect at least minimum wage, and that would make that. And then of course there's the one about, "Oh, we should bring you know iPhones and iPads. All this. We should make that here instead." Mm-hmm. Sure, strawberries will cost $25 a basket and iPads will cost $10,000. Yeah. If you're cool with that, sure, let's bring the industry over here. Now, I mean, let's imagine this future where we have we have disallowed the immigrants. We've, we've sent them all back home and now the jobs are done by, by Americans. And let's, let's just say through some fucking amazing feat that we have managed to get these jobs to have minimum wage and health insurance and things American workers expect. You fucking watch how fast... They turn that fucking big dog robot into strawberry picker robot or onion picker robot. They will have those fucking things in the fields within 
two years to replace your fucking ass with a machine that doesn't want a damn thing. Damn, two years might be stretching it. I think it might be a year or less. I mean, the only reason they're not doing it right now is the fact that they can they can outsource all their their labor to Southeast Asia, who doesn't who has terrible labor protections and desperate people who will do anything for money. And then one day, when those people eventually get their shit together, this is not okay. Hold on, that was unfair of me. It's not their fault that their shit isn't together. Their government is obviously being bribed by these companies to 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 not let them have labor protections and shit. It's not fair to the people. Once yeah. they eventually unionize and, and, and organize and struggle to get what they deserve, you watch how fast those companies move their shit to, like, Africa or oh, someplace. Yeah. Africa's the next the next big uh, outsource industry. I mean, that's why you see China investing so much money yeah, in, China's in, in going Africa. China's Because they know that one day that the, uh, Africa's going to be the place to send all this cheap labor to, and they want to be on the ground floor. And it fucking sucks. You know, Africa is going to be exploited, like, twice over if that's only just that I can think of. And then one day, maybe by that time, America will be so bad they can bring labor back here to do. Uh, but I mean, at that point, they'll probably have the fucking robots yeah. and no one will be working anymore. But our hope is that we don't get to that point. Our yeah. hope is that things turn around. Um, well, the thing is, I want political the, activism. I want the big dog strawberry picker robot to do it for I mean, yeah, us. That, that is part of our, that's right. actually part of our future. But then, but along with that, you don't because you don't have to work in the field though doesn't mean you don't get paid yeah you still would get money your universal basic income yeah or you would just or we could just you could get rid of the idea of money entirely and just have people live and move to bitcoin oh my god everyone bitcoin man fucking bitcoin that is the that is the biggest scam i've ever fucking seen in my life like i can't even believe people are still buying into this bullshit um, after we've seen how, how the, the, the market value of it can fluctuate in the process of writing a sentence about how much it costs, it's gone up and down three times. It's so volatile. You know, what's actually insidious though, is that, um, the, like big banks in America, they aren't, they are a little afraid of Bitcoin in the way that they have created their own cryptocurrency called mm-hmm. Ripple and they are now, they're putting it out there, um, at, not super cheap, but at a competitive price where people will actually want to buy it, mm-hmm. and they're going to fill the market with it. And then they're and but they have a reserve of a whole bunch of Ripple, so they're also trying to play the crypto game to get people to buy into theirs, um, so that you know it, they can they can themselves devalue Bitcoin if if they play the market right. So yeah. it's it's weird how the big banks are sti- they are even trying to play into this game because they're just fucking insidious and they want to they want to trick people who are. At least trying to do something. I'm no fan of, of cryptocurrency, but I know the things that it's based off of, you know? And I I can't the irony of a corporation adopting cryptocurrency when you when you understand what crypto part of that means is insane to me. Yeah. We're so far past anything that's logical or making sense when corporations are adopting cryptocurrency. Yeah. Or making their own anyways. What, what, what are we even doing here anymore? And cri- cryptocurrencies are, you know, how you, you've talked in the past about how you do respect, in a way, flat earthers because they are willing to challenge the conventional things we've been told by the government. And cryptocurrencies are kind of along along those lines because, in, in a way, they, they are trying to create a decentralized currency that isn't run by the government, which yeah. is a very noble effort. And it's, and hey, I'm, I'm just, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to buy into it. I don't, I don't have the money to do it. Um, Let's say it works out somehow, and they create, they actually do create a completely decentralized currency. That will be a fu- that will be a gr- an insane blow to the Federal Reserve and yeah. to the big banks. Do I think it'll happen? I think it has maybe. 
I'll, I'll give you generous a five percent chance of happening mm-hmm. ever. But if it does, that'll it'll actually be really cool that, that they did something like that. Of the, course, I'm still not going to buy into it. The future we want is one where no currency exists. Yeah, of course. Where people you don't where yeah, your labor isn't valued in, a, in a, an abstract thing where uh, you don't have to go to the store and pay money for things you want. It's just like there's freely available stuff for everyone because we have uh, such an amazing amount of, of stuff on the planet to use and so much of it is concentrated in the hands of a very few people because the system of capitalism lets that happen. We get rid of that and the stuff becomes... It's everywhere at this point. We don't have to worry about making money. Yeah. So, yeah, that's 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 sort of the dream. Uh, I think I wanted to talk about... Uh, uh, any other, any other subjects you had to talk about before we go? Uh, I'm trying to think. There was... I mean, there's Star Wars. Nope, we're not then... talking about Star Wars. Uh, okay. Um... We talked enough about Star Wars. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. What you got? Um, well, this isn't really much. It's just something that I happened to see over the week that I thought was pretty funny. Right. Uh, there's this uh, uh, rap metal band from Dallas, Texas. They are called. Oh, that they are. Let's first start off with their politics. Their politics are anarcho-capitalism. You know that thing that was in that book Snow Crash that uh, I liked. That thing I was in that you were into. I was into it. Yeah. Their name is Backwards. That's with a Z. With a Z. And the guy at the front, his cap uh, has a phrase on it which says, "Taxation is theft." <laughs> wow. See, I didn't even notice that when I looked at this picture. I wasn't even looking at that. I just, I, I, I'm cracking up at this idea. Like, uh, like first of all, you know, these people and their anarcho-capitalist rap metal band. I, I've heard some crazy fucking like uh, pitches in my time. That'd be a, that'd be a tough one for me but to again, get on board. If I had with. to think of the most anarcho-capitalist thing I can think of, I'd probably say rap metal band. Rap metal band. I just can't even imagine. Uh, I, I'm looking at this lineup of people, right? And there, are, there are, there are uh, five people in this picture. Uh, there are what looks like uh, four white dudes, and the lead guy is a black guy. And only the black guy does not have a mask on his yeah, they face. They have these like bandanas that are yellow and black. For, that's the anarcho-capitalist colors. Yeah, for, from their like nose down. Yeah, they're wearing like down. bandanas. They have they have caps on, except for the one guy here on the right end who has. Who Ugh, he really man. wants to be an anime character. Uh, he so really wants it, dude. He does. It's like he's got like blonde hair with with black. What do you even call that? I'm gonna. I'll, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. It's yeah. fucking insane. Uh, yeah. So yeah, if you ever want to hear some hot tracks, you know, try listening to the backwards anarcho capitalist message, which is a real thing. Yeah, definitely. Um. So yeah, we're. I guess we're yeah, kind of coming toward to the end. Um. I just wanted to say that uh, you're moving away uh, yep. after this, so we're going to have to take a little time uh, to figure out how I can uh, take a, two audio tracks and sync them together, which I know some of you listening to this are probably like, you're fucking an immense yeah. idiot. Because also, if you're so listening simple. to this, don't fret. We will be back. If, we're, if we can't record one next week, we're putting out our, our other Star Wars episode. <laughs> to satiate your needs yeah and we'll be back soon it won't be yeah. a big deal I'll figure out how to do it uh, I'm an idiot but I'm I'm a somewhat capable idiot so I'll be able to to slowly grind my way to the knowledge of how to fucking make a podcast and uh, I mean I think that's pretty much it yeah. I think we're done for the week so uh, yeah. you can find me on Twitter I am uh, at mcsurf that's s-e-r-f uh, my at name is life of Seth think my screen name is like atrocity exhibit 
Exhibit, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Some people say exhibit, and I, I yeah. say it because I say atrocity exhibit your thing. I'm saying exhibit, but I'm mm-hmm. saying the rapper exhibit. Um, but yeah, I think I'm good. All right, so we will see y'all all uh, if not next week, yes. week after that. But we will have something for you next yes. week. Don't worry. All right. So the thing about Snoke is, you know, they they built a 